Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. The L.A. Times expose that finds the California man who claimed for years he invented flaming Hot Cheetos didn't actually do it has ignited backlash. For some, not at the man who may have stretched the truth, uh, but at the L.A. Times for taking him down. In this segment, we look at why, because it brings up issues of erasure and identity. And joining me first is Rodrigo, Rodrigo Nunez. Rodrigo Nunez, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. And I want you to begin by just catching us up on what happened. First, can you tell us who this man is, Richard Montañez, and what happened last Sunday? Yeah, so Richard Montañez is um, kind of like a local hero in a lot of um, Latino Latinx circles. So he is a former janitor, grade school dropout, took a job as a janitor in the Rancho Cucamonga uh, Frito-Lay facility, and from there worked his way up to executive VP of Frito-Lay. And one of his big um, like achievements while in that climb was he invented hot Cheetos, or he told us, he told everyone he invented hot Cheetos. And he did so by uh, finding that there was no spicy chip out in the market for Latinos. And, you know, he went home and together with his wife, concocted this recipe from uh, one of her salsas and dried it down into a powder that he then coated Cheetos with. And the, the real heroic part was that he was able to get a pitch meeting to the CEO and other executives and, uh, and present essentially the idea for hot Cheetos and, you know, the, the rest became legend. Uh, that, that's what we all thought. That's what we all knew until the LA times uh, came forth on Sunday and released, you know, like a really in-depth article that had like more of a year or so of reporting where they go and speak to people from Frito-Lay in Plano who had never heard of Richard and talk about um, how it was actually the product of a team um led by this woman by the name of Lynn Greenfeld, I think, and how, you know, there's all these, there's all this footage of um, ads from 1991 or inner company communiques about, you know, the flaming hot flavors and all of these things back before Richard was ever like involved in it or anything like that. So it just kind of blew everything up in our faces. (laughs) They found documents and videos and people basically saying that Montañez had little, if anything, to do with the development of this. And and then even they quoted, I believe, a statement from Frito-Lay that basically said, none of our records show that Richard was involved in any capacity in the Flamin' Hot test market. Well, I want to bring Memo Torres into this conversation, writer and director of partnerships at LA Taco. Memo Torres, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. So you have described yourself as being on Team Richard, basically that this backlash that has occurred after the LA Times story, that a lot of it has actually been directed at the LA Times and less at Richard. Can you tell us why you're on Team Richard? <laughs> Team Richard, yeah, that's kind of that's funny. Um, well, I think initially uh, when the first when that piece first came out by the LA Times by Sam Dean, 
Um, you know, it's very convincing. He, you know, puts up a good argument as to uh, the doubts around Richard maybe having been the creator of Hot Cheetos. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's very persuasive. But uh, after further <laughs> looking at, at that story, looking at the recent one with, from Planet Money, looking at Variety's take on it, um, and just dissecting it even further, I just realized that how many holes that uh, that that article actually has. Um, and some of the things that the article claims that debunk Richard's story don't really, you know, they're not really strong points, in, mm. our, in my opinion. Give yeah. us your top two holes. Like, what do you think? It just doesn't add up. <laughs> <laughs> well, for one, I mean, uh, for one, they, they both, like, all, all, all versions of the story say that Frito-Lays does not have good documentation of what exactly happened back then, right? Two is that um, Sam spoke to people that never heard of Richard, right? People that were in Texas and like, you know, Lynn Greenfield, people that were working out of Chicago, like Fred Lindsay, um, which is a different, there are different regions of Frito-Lay at that time. Um, he didn't speak to the people that like were around Richard during the time at the Ratchet Cucamonga plant where he was based out of. Uh, people that the Planet Money uh, people spoke to, like the secretary of Roger and Rico, Patty Roof, or Al Carey. Um, well, they did speak of Al Carey, too, but they just kind of, like, blew him off in, in, in that article. as like, oh, well, even though he backs him up, like, you know, kind of discredited him, too. Like, how, how do you go about then saying that the people you spoke to that do recognize Richard and the people you ignore that recognize, that recognize Richard, how do you just discredit all of them? You know, and take the word of the people that ha didn't know who he was. We're in a completely different region. Do you have some concerns about why the LA Times did this story? I think you mentioned that you at least had some second thoughts about their approach, Memo Torres. Yeah, yeah. So they doubled down the next day after they saw the backlash on Twitter from largely like the Latino um, LA Twitter heads, um, I call them. <laughs> um, so that uh, Gustavo Arellano kind of backed up Sam Dean and, and wrote uh, another article the next day, doubling down, talking about the anger behind Flaming Hot Cheetos, um, the story. Um, and one of the, 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 the biggest shockers is he wrote, and I quote, Sam Dean asked me something I had never considered. What if Montañez hadn't told the truth? So I told Sam that while I didn't see any reason to discount Montañez, he should see if there was something there. I mean, as an investigative journalist to just start a year-long investigation on a whim, on a, hey, I was just sitting here and this thought came to mind. What do you think? Should I pursue this? And yeah, let's go. Why not? Like, why? <laughs> why are you going to go after a local Latino hero on a whim? Like, so the, the whole premise of how this started is just troubling to us. Like, LA Times is having this reckoning after the George Floyd protest, um, a diversity of, like, they you know, we've everybody's been calling them out on their poor Latino coverage in LA, a city where half the population is Latino. Um, and this is their response is to go after the Hachito guy. <laughs> Somebody who's kind of beloved in the community, who does a lot for, for kids, for youth, for scholarships. He's a motivational. He's we don't have many Latino leaders in, in LA or Latino heroes, and you know, we have a hot Cheetos guy. And you're gonna take the hot Cheetos guy down. So like, you know, that that strikes a nerve with everybody in LA. 
Uh-huh. We're talking with Memo Torres, writer and director of Partnerships at LA Taco. This is a Southern California source of news and information that covers food, culture, and community. Rodrigo Nunez is with us, host of El Pochcast, a podcast about being not far from here or there, but in both. And you, our listeners, can join in if you want to give your reaction to this Hot Cheetos inventor controversy. Uh, and... Uh, or whether or not you want to say whether you're on Team Richard Montañez or not, or if the LA Times story has changed how you view him, Frito-Lay, or the LA Times itself, which has happened for some people. 866-733-6786 is the number. 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. Email your questions to forum at kqed.org. You know, Rodrigo Nunez, one thing that you've noted is that the article, the takedown by the LA Times, basically, that it can be triggering for many people, especially Mexican-Americans. Why do you say that? Yeah, totally. I, I think, and, and Memo kind of touched on it too, that it's it's not an uncommon story um, to, you know, be working uh, as, as a Mexican-American, as a person of color, as an immigrant, whatever it, it may be, to be working in um, a corporation and to see others benefit from your work, right? Um, like in whatever field it may be, the majority of people that do work um, don't don't always like get credit for it or don't get to build, you know, these speaking circuit careers from it. Uh, and Memo did. And uh, I mean, mean uh, uh, Richard, Richard, yeah, yeah. Richard. <laughs> uh, and Richard did. And so that was really cool. And then it was something to hang our hat on to be like, Hey, well, Richard did it. That's, that's, it could happen to me too. It's kind of inspirational, aspirational. And then to see that being taken away, it was just like, Oh, it also happened to him uh, for, for a lot of people, um, which is, I totally get. And I totally understand. And uh, Memo Torres, you referenced Gustavo Arellano, who actually also pointed out how frequently Mexican food creations were then taken by uh, people with power or white corporate corporations and built as their own. And uh, they did not, Mexican-Americans did not get the credit for it, except maybe l much later for many, many years. Is that partly also what drives some of your frustration is just this sort of historical erasure of Mexican-Americans and their contributions to things like the types of amazing foods that we or very ubiquitous foods we see in the US. Well, definitely. I mean, so I mean, it's surprising to hear because Gustavo's done so much for like the Latino community as far as trying to reclaim things um, like, you know, how Doritos were actually invented by uh, Latinos and then taken by, you know, they were appropriated by the Doritos Corporation. Um, and, and you know, the Taco Bell story. Um, he's done a lot for that um, through his book. Um, but to see him backing up this story where he kind of takes something away from from a Latino and, you know, gives it back to, you know, the corporation, you know, that's troubling. You know, it's like, wait, 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 what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, for a lot of Latinos. So, <clears throat> yeah, that, that I mean, that's, that's a very common theme. And then we're always constantly like, you know, fighting when like Rachel Ray um, wants to make pozole or, you know, like when somebody else on the internet tries to do something Mexican and like completely just, you know, does a terrible job at it or tries to, you know, imitate, you know, our culture and our image and just kind of destroys it in the process. So, yeah. you know, we're very sensitive about that. It's been a history of, of, of appropriation, um, something that we try to hold on to. It's like the constant struggle of like, they love our food, they love our culture, they don't love our people. Though. Mm. Well, let me go to Susan in San Jose. Hi, Susan. 
Hi. Um, I feel that the LA Times article was really convincing. And as a woman in business and in marketing, it just rang to me that it was yet another man taking credit for a woman's work. Mm. And if you read if you read the article, it really sounded like she worked within the group, worked as a team member, which is such a thing that women do that we don't take credit for our work. Uh, interesting point, Susan. I mean, do you think in some ways, uh, Rodrigo Nunez, that Richard Montañez sort of we- weaponized what has been done to what to Mexican-Americans, as Memo Torres described, to a woman who really shepherded this product? Um. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think he just weaponized it to the woman. I think he weaponized it to the entire corporation, right? Um, I think that's a totally a fair assessment. And um, yeah, <laughs> totally. but what do you what do you also think of something that Memo Torres was talking about, which is you're going to take away the hot Cheetos guy, like this sense of. Richard Montañez means something to the Latino community, maybe particularly in L.A. specifically, um, just in terms of his story, right? His rags to riches story. Well, here's that's the thing. Uh, Richard, regardless of whether he invented Hot Cheetos or not, he still has that rag to riches story. He still ended being an executive VP. He's still on the speaking circuit. He's still an inspiration. Like, he's still, you know, and like, an OG, like he's still someone uh, that that is an inspiring figure. Um, now you can take Hot Cheetos away from Richard, but you can't take away the fact that he's an inspiring figure mm. and that he actually did work from being a janitor to being a VP. And I think that that is commendable. Does for you, Memo Torres, correcting, potentially correcting the record, you're not entirely convinced it's been corrected, I know this, right? But does it take away from what is at the heart of Richard Montañez's story? Well, no, and, and addressing the caller's, um, um, you know, question about this, you know, feeling like it's taken away from a woman and a man taking, a, you know, that. Um, well, I'll, I'll say this. One is, I think Lynn Greenfield definitely had a, um, her part in the process, she got an email to look into this and she branded the Flaming Hot Cheetos name. So she she that had that part. But one of the things that the story doesn't talk about is how did that email get in her box? Who, where did that idea come from? And the story has always been that Richard had that idea, corporate took it, and then kind of pushed them out of the process. It still doesn't discredit Richard. Secondly, one of the biggest players in this story that nobody really talks about is Judy, Richard's wife, who actually came up with the seasoning, who actually came up with the, with um, you know, the different spices and, and sent the different examples to corporate, who then took it from Richard um, at that board meeting and then reformulated it and kind of perfected it to make it their version. So, um, you know, there's also a woman here in play who got no love and no credit for it. And Richard always brings that up as well, is that his wife never got any love for it. So... We're talking with Memo Torres, writer and director of partnerships at LA Taco in Southern California. And we're also talking with Rodrigo Nunez, host of El Podcast, a podcast about being not from here or there, but in both. We're talking about how the recent LA Times expose of Richard Montañez struck a nerve, particularly in the Latino community. And you, our listeners, are welcome to join us if you'd like to, though we'd have a few minutes left. You can email us, forum at kqed.org, or call us 866-733-6786. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Okay, so this whole thing is happening. And on top of this, Rodrigo Nunez, Richard is coming out with a memoir all about how he invented Hot Cheetos. And 
and Eva Longoria is set to direct a film about it. What do you think happens to these projects? Uh, I mean, the book is out next month, so there's no there's no going back on that one, right? And <laughs> the movie, I I think the movie just became a lot better. Um, let's say let's say it is totally true that he didn't invent them. I want to see that story. I, I I could see it framed any number of ways that would be compelling. And let's say that he did invent them, and there, Frito Lay was also doing it, and Richard just happened to do it better and crack the code that you know the team of marketing taste engineers couldn't crack that's a compelling story too i see this going any number of ways that could be very good i don't think the movie should get canceled i hope it doesn't i it, this story made me want to see it more than i wanted to see it before huh what about for you memo would you read this memoir watch this biopic with the same sort of fervor or support uh <laughs> if this hadn't come to light um, you know, actually, I don't think I would have been as interested if not for this uh, <laughs> <take> down. <laughs> I'll be oh, honest. My. <laughs> my 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 whole fingers are stained red with these hot Cheeto takes <laughs> and stories now. So I, I'm going to have to watch it and read it. <laughs> well, Lori writes, the Latin legend Flamin' Cheeto guy is a nice story. Doesn't make it a true story. Being upset at a news organization for investigating or reporting the truth is a huge problem. Pervasive in modern times, people don't seem to care about the truth anymore. It's very disturbing. I'll send that one to you, Memo Torres. What do you think? I mean, doesn't the truth matter here? I mean, like, look, food, um, I think uh, Bill Esparza and mythical chef Josh Scherzer made a good point on Twitter about how there's all every food origin story is crazy, right? It's all based on myths, you know, it's all, you know, no, nothing is accurate out there. Um, so to go and look at the food origin story of Hot Cheetos and spend energy on it, I mean, like, who does that, <laughs> how does that improve our society, right? How, how do we take down corruption? How does somebody's life, I mean, that it does nothing for society other than just throw a pawn in this. And also search for the truth. We still want the truth. Like I, we feel that the story you know, is based on a certain version on one side, you know, where it's a situation of the land hand with Frito Laser, where the right hand wasn't speaking to the left hand and didn't know what the California region was doing while this was going on at the same time. And it's very possible, and Frito Lay says it itself, that both markets were probably developing hot Cheetos at the same time. And, you know, maybe Richard's uh, one did come around while the other one was being tested in the Midwest. So, there's a lot of truths out there. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that's the problem that we have with the LA Times article is be, it became very, very um, definitive. You know, it was very conclusive when, in fact, they just opened up more holes mm. in the story. Well, Rodrigo Nunez, I listened to your podcast about this. And one thing you said that I was struck by is you said hot Cheetos will always be Mexican. And I just want to ask you in the next 10 seconds what you meant by that. <laughs> I, there are things that transcend, right? It's just you just know it when you see it. It's kind of like the Oakland Raiders or uh, Huevos con Winnie. That is, they're they're always going to be Mexican. It is what it is. <laughs> Rodrigo Nunez, host of El Podcast, Memo Torres, writer and director of partnerships at LA Taco. Really appreciate you both coming on to talk about this. Thanks also to Blanca Torres for producing today's segment. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Thanks for listening. Fun 
Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. This is Barbara Leslie, president of the Oakland Port Commission. Oakland International Airport, OAK, is proud to bring you this podcast of KQED's Forum. When you're choosing your next adventure, the smart and convenient choice is to fly the East Bay Way from OAK to destinations across the USA and Mexico. And when you return home, tune in to KQED, always bringing us remarkable stories about who we are and where we live. Enjoy today's episode of Forum. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts.